I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. Nilbog is goblin spelled backwards. And today, we're going to be talking about Chop Goblins, uh, a game that was <laughs> released in 2022 uh, and was published and developed by David Shemansky. For Windows. For, oh yeah, sorry. It's also for Windows. But first, if you can give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. So, Chop Goblins is a game that you can't say without enunciating the first syllable like you're being shot in the face. Uh, and is also a first-person shooter made in the uh, na- what is now referred to as the boomer shooter style. Uh, it is. It, it takes direct design inspiration from games like Quake and Unreal, and it's a game that we aren't going to take very seriously because it very obviously is not meant to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Chow Goblins is like <laughs> the the game itself is obviously sort of a joke. Um, but to me, I, the thing that I find most interesting about Chow Goblins is how actually seriously the design was taken and i'm sure a lot of the work that went into it is the same work that went into making dusk uh which shemansky also developed uh but the fact that there's like different enemy types that'll like there's some that are melee and some that are projectiles and some that are hit scan and force you to either take cover or do the arena shooter thing where you move in a circle is very interesting to me it's it's such it's a game that i thought was going to be so pointlessly silly and yet it still feels like it has a good core to it yeah no it is actually good um (laughs) i would compare it to something like uh jazz punk where it would that was very much a humorous game but it it kind of falls more on the side of like a game that was trying to mostly just be silly Mm -hmm. and like this is a game that's like silly but like i think mostly is just a good game right if that makes any sense. Uh, and it is surprising. Like, when you start it out, it's just kind of like you're stabbing goblins, and you're like, uh, this is what I signed up for. Uh, and, but, yeah, it's you get sucked in. Yeah. Like, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it definitely is a game that does not have any false promises. When you pick up the game Chop Goblins, <laughs> you know what you're in for for the most part. Uh, but it does. It has, like, a surprisingly solid uh, base behind it. Um the game itself, uh, like I don't know if I want if this is really the right thing to open with, but I'm going to because mm-hmm. that's what the game chooses to open with. Uh, when you boot the game up, you're on the main menu, and it has the most like just ostentatious Halloween, like <laughs> haunted maze ass music that plays. Uh, and all of the music throughout the entire game just cracks me the fuck up. Like it's so good in how goofy and silly it is. And I don't genuinely know where it came from. (laughs) Like, I don't know if it was composed specifically for the game or if it was taken from somewhere. Both are kind of funny to me in different ways. (laughs) I'm pretty sure David Shemansky himself composed the music. Composed? Okay. Very impressive, honestly. Yeah, yeah. No, it Also, I think like lots of things in this game rides the line just right. Where it, like, is silly, but it's also, like, pretty good, too. Yeah. I will throw out that the music that plays in the streets level okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. is very... It gets on your nerves very quickly, but it is also hysterical. Because it's just, like, a weird, 
like 80s roller skating at the mall in leg warmers while listening to Duran Duran kind of track. Uh-huh. Not that it sounds anything like Duran Duran. <laughs> it's just what it would be playing if you were listening to Duran Duran. I think Chop Goblins would be my favorite game ever made if Duran Duran composed a song for it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. It would, it would be my favorite game ever made if it actually came out in like 1993. Right, and it was like a full-length game. Yeah, I'd be like, damn, Chop Goblins way ahead of its time. Uh, yeah, it's just the presentation of the game is so amusing to me that like... That it just lands in the mm-hmm. way that it should land. Uh, the goblins themselves are very silly. The sound is is designed in that way. Where like you have these goofy fucking tracks playing. Meanwhile, all of the goblins are yelling stupid quips at you mm-hmm. with like no cooldown in between at all. There's <laughs> just like hundreds of lines of dialogue happening at all times. It's just a real cacophony of, of, of ridiculousness. Yeah, and I, I feel like the visuals, too, like, land just right, where they feel natural and not just, like, a gimmicky cash grab. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they give it, like, a... It feels very genuine for the era yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. emulating. It definitely, definitely feels like something that I would have played in 1990-whatever. Mm-hmm. Eight. It is a... Yeah. It, it is a... So painstakingly silly in a way that is is really amusing. And the focus, I think, is on the goblins themselves. So I think we should maybe talk about their design a little bit. Mm -hmm. There's like several different flavors of goblin that you encounter throughout the game. Mm -hmm. Uh the basic they are the chop goblins which means that they all have some kind of cutting implement mostly yeah, yeah. cleavers yeah that's what like the basic ones have yeah and then there's ones that throw them at you they're ones that j- that have cutting words that right. yell at you and are modeled after like a, a like a old mom yeah i thought that was so clever cuz like it took me a minute to get it like mm-hmm. that like it, they're the hit scan enemy, but they're like yelling insults at you. Right. Like, uh, there's something about that that felt really like intuitive somehow. <laughs> like the fact that they were just yelling words at me and that's what was damaging me. Like, I, I don't know. I just thought that was a really, really creative take on a hit scan right. uh, enemy. Yeah. And to, <laughs> to me, it feels like. I don't know, like, because some of the ones that they yell, like, there's, I think they they scream at you to, like, get a haircut, and, (laughs) like, some things that are more generalized, but I know that, like, a few of them are just, like, boring. (laughs) I feel like that's, like, something that David Schmansky himself has heard from critics about his (laughs) games, and is like, now you get to be this old mom lady. Right. Uh, Yeah, and then you have... You have the ones that are not goblins, like the weird cats. Oh, yeah. Those things. I don't understand why. I thought they looked like dogs. They do look like dogs, but I think they're described (laughs) as cats. I might be wrong about that. Uh, That pounce at you, and to me, were like the deadliest enemies in the game. Yeah, they, they were the kind of like punish you for freaking out kind of enemies. Yeah. Because like it, they didn't actually take that many bullets to kill. But they felt like they did. Right. Because <laughs> you were just like, oh. <laughs> and you end up missing half your shots. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and then the big giant goblins. Right, I don't know what those the are axes. Called. Yeah, they throw big axes at you. Mm-hmm. Those ones are one of my favorite enemies because they say all the same uh, dialogue as the regular ones, but in a real deep voice. Right. So, like, a regular goblin would come around the corner and be like, ah, nice to meet you. And then one comes in and like, oh, nice to meet you. Uh, and it's just real funny mm-hmm. uh, because they don't show up until the end of the game. And so you get a nice... Uh, contrast there right uh then of course in the, they do reskin the the throw goblins into the space goblins at oh, the right, end right, with right, the right. lightsabers yeah, the future goblins yeah uh but they're largely the same yeah and then there's also like flying goblins for one second oh yeah they're there for like about a second yeah like on broomsticks or something <laughs> they're playing broomstickers of course yeah and then there's the game's one actual boss which is dracula mm-hmm. uh which we'll get to we'll just talk about dracula when we talk about dracula's castle all right um which you haven't played the game yet you're probably like that's a little strange. <laughs> Not that anything that we've said so far has been particularly pedestrian, but... Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, to me, it feels like the goblins were very much designed... It, it almost feels like the Chop Goblins name and theming, which doesn't really theme the game itself, just the enemies more than anything else, mm-hmm. comes from their... like designing the shooter engine and then saying like what's a good enemy and then you make the visual design of an enemy that's like small body that moves pretty fast but has this giant head uh which may if it's a very targetable body part uh it just feels like they they fit very naturally into it because it feels like they were sort of designed into the game Rather than being like, what should the Chop Goblins look like? It's like, what should we call the game now that I've put Chop Goblins in it? I don't know if that's really true, yeah. but that's just how it feels. No, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that. Because uh, I, I was going to say, like, it feels like it had to have been that the Goblins were designed first, and mm-hmm. the game is designed around it. But you are correct. You, you, just, you play in a museum, and then some city streets. Uh-huh. Dracula's castle and Rome, Rome, yeah. and then the future. So they're not really <laughs> themed around goblins, other than maybe the spooky castle. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, the spooky castle is also specifically themed around, around Dracula. Dracula, right? <laughs> so yeah, it is. It is interesting. Um, but yeah, like they're obviously like the focus. So right, maybe it's just like a joke that they're throwing into just a regular. Or, like, a game that doesn't have anything really to do with goblins otherwise. Yeah. Though, I don't know. If you had the Chop Goblins... You're a designer. Think about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot here. If somebody handed you the Chop Goblins, as depicted uh-huh. in Chop Goblins 2022... Uh, not to be confused with Chop Goblins 1985. <laughs> um, which... What, what, would you, what would you... Just imagine a level... Mm-hmm. That a chop goblin would feel natural in. Uh, I feel like you got to go like kind of dragon's lair esque. Okay, I mean, you start maybe like in a haunted forest, comes to a castle. Uh, you got to have a dungeon area, you know, stuff like stuff like that. It's like goblin stuff. Yeah, like goblin, you know, goblin stuff. Just goblin <laughs> on down. <laughs> You're right. Uh, in fact, now that you say haunted forest, mm-hmm. that feels so, like such a natural fit that I've now <laughs> talked myself into they definitely just put the goblins in 
after. Because it like they feel very to me, it feels like they would be very natural coming out from behind trees mm-hmm. and going chop chop chop. Yeah. Uh, but now they're not there. They're <laughs> like, instead in Rome. Imagine them dropped into like I don't know why this just came to mind. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They're dropped into like this surreal forest area. You run around in like Fatum Bay Chalum or something. <laughs> don't they feel right at home? They really do. Yeah. And they seem like the kind of thing that would be perceived as a threat in that game. Yes. Uh, So that does seem also pretty appropriate. Wow, what a sobering realization about (laughs) Chop Goblins. Uh, (laughs) But regardless of the fact that they don't seem like they fit in the game that they're in, Mm -hmm. uh, I do love it. I I really like how just outlandish it is, and the fact that there is a mismatch almost makes it seem better to me. I don't know. Yeah, I I legitimately think it's probably intentional. Right. I yeah. I mean, it's definitely intentional vis a vis the final product. Right. Like, there's no like they probably did things to make it even less appropriate over time, just to make sure that the joke hits home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a very amusing sort of thought experiment there because the chop goblins feel like they're so out of out of place in any situation oh, yeah. really and, and even the narrative yeah a little narrative you get at the beginning <laughs> it's just like uh you decide to check out uh <laughs> try to loot a museum and you find a mysterious box you open it and release the chop goblins right ah. it's funny because like there's a it's it's not even implied that you like work at the museum no it specifically says you break into it yeah like it just sort of casually yeah that you do this and like even there's like an employee only section of the museum that you have to find a key for that you would totally know. I'm reading too much into into the mechanics of chop goblins right now. Uh, but yeah, like the, it is, it is just it is set up in such a way that so as to make you go, this game does not exist for it to make sense, right? Uh, which we need more of, I think. I think more games like chop goblins would really hit the spot. Yeah, like, I was thinking, like it, it almost has a kind of appeal that like in other mediums uh that have a much lower barrier to entry <laughs> like you can get weird surreal or you know off the wall like short films or mm-hmm. short stories or etc or weird art you know whatever um it's way harder in video games, way bigger time investment. Uh, yeah. Usually need people to invest money in the game, and they don't want you to make something called Chop Goblins. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I also wish we could see more stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it is just, like, very wacky and, like, unique and, like, the kind of thing that it only takes, like, what? to like an hour to two hours to beat it yeah um yeah it's just it it's a fun experimental thing to go through it makes me feel like we should start a game publishing company (laughs) and only accept people who offer us bad ideas we reject anything that seems like it's too good of an idea (laughs) uh i don't know about that (laughs) all right weird ideas not bad ones Mm. Some bad ones, but they have to meet a certain set of criteria. Yeah, we'll talk about it at the next board meeting. Of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> next uh, stockholders meeting. Yeah. We're going to go public immediately because we don't actually have any money. Uh... 
<laughs> so we would not be able to to execute any ideas. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's why chapter albums doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do we want to talk about the the levels in the game as they are? Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you start out in the museum and I actually think that's like a fun place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, yeah, like we just described, doesn't necessarily make any sense that it's goblins in the museum, but like <laughs> it almost, not that I've ever seen this movie, but it kind of has like night at the museum vibes. Like, uh, you, you stay overnight in a location and like a museum and something mysterious and magical happens when, uh, it's shut down for the night. Uh huh somehow kind of works i do i will say that my enjoyment of the game gets even greater if i imagine that uh ben stiller that ben stiller is the main character yeah Yeah. (laughs) it could be fun i agree i think i also think that the museum is probably the the locale that makes the most sense just because of the little blurb they put at the beginning yeah um and it is, uh, it, it is good. It it feels very natural in terms of like all of these levels to me seem to represent not like eras or anything, but just like tropes in the first person shooter genre. Mm-hmm. And like old museum is like a classic. Like you you go through places that are just like old museum <laughs> in tons of of old first person shooter games. It's just like got that kind of energy to it you can put in lots of like mysterious looking old artifacts and stuff and and give everything a little bit of gravitas uh and i also like the fact that the game has little secrets and collectibles as far as i know there's really no reason to get any of them Mm -hmm. but the, it is like interesting in, in an area like museum gives you a lot of well-explained nooks and crannies to look through to find those things. Mm-hmm. So I think this level does work in a very traditional sense. Uh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking the whole time whether or not I was going to come across like a shop or something to mm-hmm. spend those coins in. <laughs> Uh, but as far as I know, you never do. Yeah. You asking about it was no joke the first time that I ever thought about them having a use. Uh, it, it's because they're specifically coins. Right. Like, if they were, like, anything else, I probably also wouldn't have, like, thought anything of it. Right. If you were picking up Jiggies or whatever, yeah, it yeah. would be... It, it, you would just accept it as a collectible because the, they're coins and there's a big coin version of it mm-hmm. that and increases it always says, your count like, by you 10. picked up a chop coin. Yeah. You know? I was like, what do I do with the chop coin? Maybe there is something to do with the chop coin and I just that didn't now, find I, it. I, like, as soon as you said uh, they're just for completion or uh-huh. whatever you said, I was like, oh, that's probably correct. <laughs> that, that seems like it's probably the case in this very short game. True, yeah. Be cool, though. Yeah. Maybe in some future DLC. Yeah, so the second level is just the city streets. Uh-huh. And I found a transition to that level to be pretty jarring. Yes. Uh, like you just walk out into the outside, and it's like, oh, no, they chopped the building they down. chopped out. That is so funny. It man. is very funny. But, like, I, I expected to be able to go back into the museum after leaving it. <laughs> you know? Oh, I didn't yeah. know it was the second level. Uh-huh. 
Uh, so yeah, I just thought it, that was like very like a weird transition. Yeah, I had the exact same experience the first time I played the game because I was looking for the key to the area. Exactly. And I walked out the door and it just ended the level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a bit surprising. Um, and yeah, going into the city street level, the they chopped down the building after seeing a building like being demolished was. Uh, just great because it's just non-diegetic text essentially that appears on screen mm-hmm. and it's like oh no they chopped down the building it, but then it does go on to be like probably my least favorite level in the game um, just because it feels yeah. very straightforward compared to the rest yeah it almost feels like an interstitial rather than its own level right but it does have that jam in 80s theme. <laughs> right. Uh, and a part where you shoot a, a, a car full of goblins and it explodes. Yes. Uh, all of which is fun <laughs> to do. Can't disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, it does. It, it is the first level where I was like, oh, shit, I can't jump in this game. It feels mm-hmm. like such a weird... Like, I understand the choice because of the era of game it's trying to emulate. But it feels weird to have a game where you can't jump after you've been playing games where you do jump for basically your entire life. Yeah. There, that was the level where I was like the most convinced that I probably was able to jump and just didn't know how. Right. Cause like there were a couple of instances where it really seemed like I should be able to, uh, but you can't. Yeah. A lot of secrets are just placed up on things, yep. and you have to figure out ways to get to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is definitely the level that is also most ripe with that. So, uh, rife even, but regardless. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it's pretty... Uh, it's a lot like that. That level. <laughs> and then the next one's the Dracula's Castle. Right. Which I think is, like, the best designed level, personally. I would agree. It's kind of got that, like, Dark Souls interconnectivity to it. Uh-huh. This is kind of like the Dark Souls of David Schmansky games. Uh-huh. Because it's got goblins in it? Because it has goblins in it. And you sometimes loop back around to where you started. Uh-huh. We all do know that Dark Souls invented shortcuts in video games. Yes, correct. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, I felt very at home, you know, with that <laughs> <laughs> that Soulsian design. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I, I also, I really like the layout of this level. I like the fact that it, it is possible to get lost, but never for so long that it gets frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do get to just sort of, like, bomb around and, and do your thing. Uh, it's got a classic keys puzzle where you pick up the the masks and put them in a thing to open a door mm-hmm. uh, to the next part of the level. Uh, a yeah. classic uh, me thing. Uh, I feel like I, I did not grow up with first-person games. Um, I merely adopted them. I was not born <laughs> in them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I feel like I often stand too close to things to interact with them this bit me in the ass in um realms of the haunting uh-huh. with the chalice to like throw water on stuff like, i was like walking right up to it and it was like well can't interact with it yeah so i i walked right up to the thing to put the masks on and i was too close to the wall and i just clipped right through the bridge as it like went up right and then like the second time it's like you can just interact with it like from like the middle of the room uh-huh <laughs> i was like oh yeah the interaction in the game is extremely odd just generally just a, a, to take a moment to to talk about it like there it is it does follow that like 
a more modern first person shooter like press E to interact with stuff is right. like your main way of doing anything that with the environment. Uh, older games probably would have just had you shoot whatever it is that you were looking right. at. Right, or open an inventory and click on a thing. And, right, yeah. yeah. So in this case, you do actually just like use E, but it also stabs things. Um, like, you, you have a dagger as your only weapon at the beginning. We'll talk about weapons. Uh, we can do that now, too, if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you pick up a dagger at the beginning, and then from that point on, you can always dagger things. Uh, including projectiles. Uh, I got this to work like once. It was, <laughs> it's fucking really hard yeah. to do. Uh, or at least I never really got the timing quite down. Uh, but it is cool that that's in there. Uh, and But it just made me stab everything in the game. <laughs> like, I would go around and be like, can mm. I interact with this thing? And then, yeah, you yeah, stab it. it. Oh, changes, it's like, oh, can I break it? Yeah, it changes the reticle if you can interact with it. Yeah, but it but is no, kind of subtle. It's I like did the same dot. thing. Yeah, you just gotta stab all the stuff. And I was always disappointed when there was like a prop in the environment that I couldn't break with a knife. Right. Because uh, you can break a lot of stuff. And you can interact with a lot of stuff. Like in Dracula's Castle, you can drink wine and eat grapes right. off the table to get health, uh, which is fun. Uh, but yeah, so Dracula's Castle is a bit more maze-like, a bit k- kind of Doom-y. Yeah, is how it's, I would describe it's a little it. figure eight esque. Mm-hmm. Like you'll go down one way and then like come up on the other side. You know, yeah, like, it's got multiple elevations to it, yeah, which is yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, but then you end up fighting Dracula, and it's <laughs> so fucking jarring in this game to fight Dracula when you've been fighting the Chop Goblins up until then, right? Uh, yeah, I thought he was going to be the final boss, right? Because yeah. it's it's so like different. Um, yeah. It, it, the the thing that sucks about the Dracula fight is that if he kills you, you get to do the whole level over again. Right. The game does not have checkpoints, so mm-hmm. you just start back over every time that you die. In each level, not right, like the whole yeah. game, but yeah. Yeah, it, that is the part that sucks about Dracula. Uh, he He's very much like the, the one part of the game where the, the strategy really is just like run in a circle. Because uh, they give you like tons of ammo in the room. So you just have to like keep shooting constantly Mm -hmm. and he sings the whole time which is real weird and has no real explanation for it just sings along with the music Uh, level (laughs) but like on a very different audio layer Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) it's very funny and something that i thought was great and then i died to him once uh and then did not find as funny the second time but you know it's still it's still a good choice i think yeah uh, you pass from Dracula's castle into Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, this level also a little bit of the Dracula's castle vibe. It's more expansive. It's less vertical, but it still has some verticality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has fucking uh, like launch pads. Yeah, as a mechanic, which was pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, because they're only in like two rooms. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it had one of the things I found the funniest in the game, which was, like, right when you start that area, like, you can walk off to the side and, like, see, like, a beach. Mm-hmm. And, like, the water and sky look like they're from a different game. <laughs> like, they look, like, very pretty. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you just, like, turn a little bit to the right, and it's, like, the N64 PS1 era textured walls. Uh-huh. The real <laughs> harsh angle cutting yeah. into the sand. Yeah. Uh, it is... It is extremely jarring and it's funny because like the beach is like treated as like it's like the secret beach but like everyone's gonna go look Mm -hmm. at the beach uh 
and it's got you know ammo and shit on it for you to pick up yeah yeah i think rome is definitely my second favorite level like it's it's a little bit uh yeah more like uh spread out than the castle level but yeah it does have some interconnectivity and like some secrets to find you know it's just like a a solid level and it looks cool yeah i just realized that um because the plot of this game involves time travel, mm-hmm. that when you go from... So the first part of the game is in the present day. Like, you go from the museum to the... Streets. The streets, and that's all in the same time period. But then you do go back to the past right. uh, for Dracula's Castle. So that is a castle past. Of course. And therefore, we do love it. We do have one castle past. Yeah, we stand a castle past here on the No Clip Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh Go listen to the Rascal episode if you're like, <laughs> what the fuck are they talking about? Uh, yeah, and so going even further than into the past to Rome, uh, it does. I like the way that they modeled everything. It, to me, it feels like it's a bit of a rip at uh, Serious Sam, mm-hmm. uh, which always had the. It was Egyptian specifically in that one, but like, it had like the wide open sky boxes. Uh, and and it's just like it's this kind of a game. It feels like that's where the inspiration came from here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did love it as well. I thought it was great. It also has sort of a mini boss fight in the form of the like three giant ones that you oh. fight in the big arena. Uh, not nearly as difficult as a Dracula. Yeah, I don't know if I just got lucky on that one, but I just kind of like moved a, a little bit to the left and was just able to stand behind a pillar and kill them like almost effortlessly. <laughs> Uh, no, that's exactly the kind of strategy that I think should work here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a good time. Yeah, and so when you get to the end of this level, you get this magic wand, uh-huh. uh, which is like a big fucking explosion weapon. Yeah, it's the BFG of this yeah. game. Uh, I found it like strangely hard to aim. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about, let's take this so opportunity I, I, to talk about weapons, but yeah. let's start with this wand. Yeah, so I found myself, I feel like the game intended me to use it much more than I did. Yes. Uh, I Yeah, and you know that because they put wand charges all over the place, yeah. like the ammo for it. And I always was full, essentially, because yeah. I was hesitant to use it. It was hard. It, it was easy to miss with it, which felt bad. Right. It's it's so strange because like the weapon, it, it when you have a BFG weapon, you want to like point it at a guy and him to vanish from existence. <laughs> right. And with this weapon, it's like it seems to affect. It's I imagine it's a cone is the idea. Something, like it goes yeah. in front of you and then spreads out a bit. Uh, or possibly it is just a cylinder of pain. Yeah, or like yeah, like an area of effect. Like it hits one thing and then like and then chain reacts. Yeah, yeah. I was never a hundred percent clear on it because uh, you would because they they give you that big crowd of goblins to to try it right, out. On. Yeah, and I and hit, I got like a third of them. Exactly, maybe. Yeah, I think I got most of them, and then it was like, oh, now there's like three of them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll switch to a different gun. Yeah, I'll pull up uh, other yeah. guns. So, but yeah, it feels like you're supposed to walk out there and blast them all at once, right? But you just can't. Yeah. Or if you can, neither of us figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> so it does feel a little bit strange. It is. It fits the power weapon sort of like uh, paradigm a bit, mm-hmm. just because of the sound it makes. Like it's like a, a thunder crash sound. 
uh, and is very impressive to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is also very good to kill like the big things because you can just hit them twice and they die and you're not going to miss those. Yeah, and it also felt like a joke <laughs> when you walk into the room with like the the final boss or like the, you know, the big face. Yeah. You just blast it with that and kill it in one hit. Well, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the end. Yep. And then it plays the riveting end theme music that yeah. is the same as the main menu music uh, and is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the last level is the space level. Um, weirdly, I don't have that much to say on it. It's kind of just like... Uh, it's a level with a lot of guys. It's got a bit of a, it's got a bit of the maze elements mm-hmm. from the Dracula's Castle level, a little bit of the verticality. There's like a few floors that are multi-layered, yeah, um, which is nice. It does feel like a combination, but because it's a combination, it doesn't do anything that's particularly new. Yeah, and it's a little shorter as well. Yeah, so it doesn't. It, it leaves an impression, but it's not like. It's not the level that would be a good exemplary level of the game. Yeah, it also it feels a little bit of like of a mix between Tron and Star Wars, I would say. Yeah, that's aesthetically about it, mm-hmm. I would say. The uh the dudes with the the space goblins. Yeah, look like Tron. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah, and they wield lightsabers. Yeah. Or light hatchets, whatever. <laughs> um but yeah, I do want to talk about the weapons at least briefly yeah, before yeah, yeah. Uh, we end because that that should be an important part of the discussion of any first person shooter. Yeah, you got your classics. You do have your classics, like a pistol, uh-huh. a shotgun, <laughs> an automatic weapon, and a big fucking gun. Yep, uh, and those are them. The things that I found interesting about it were the choice of weapons. Like, the weapon type versus how that weapon actually performs. Mm. Like, the knife works similarly to the way that melee weapons work in FPSs often. Um, So that one's not too divergent. But the pistol is a flintlock pistol. It has an incredibly long reload and one... um, bullet any like you just have to reload after every every shot that you make uh but it is like a very strong weapon like it deals a lot of damage meanwhile the shotgun fires very fast and is pretty weak like its purpose is is for like crowd control which mm-hmm. makes some sense with a shotgun and it's more likely that it does more damage in most yeah, what, yeah that's more realistic to <laughs> real shotguns yeah a bit yeah yeah, they even yeah, like you can actually deal maximum damage or at least close to it from further away than you would think. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, your automatic weapon in this case is the stake gun from uh, Quake, essentially. Yeah, it had a funny name in this, but yeah, the, I can't remember what it was. It's called the the Impaler. Like it had like a long oh, name because it was in Dracula's castle, like Vlad the Impaler. Right, but then Vlad was its nickname. Right, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, the wand is is your last one. So so that one does work like a traditional power weapon, and the automatic weapon works like the chain gun from Doom essentially. But to have uh, the sort of the pistol and shotgun role switched a bit was was fun for me at least. I like the fact that there was a difference. Yeah yeah yeah, I I it got to like surprise me a little bit like in the in the uh, castle level with the flying enemies because like i was trying to shoot them with the with the with vlad with vlad uh because that's just like (laughs) the thing i'd been using the most in that level 
and I, it was really difficult to do. And then I, I switched to the flintlock pistol, and mm. it was like way easier. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Old the the first gun I got still having some utility. Always nice. Uh, in the third level. Yeah, there are also like secret weapon upgrades. Uh, I know I only I think I found one in each playthrough, but I think they were different. Mm. The one that I got most recently was. Uh, the, like a speed loader for the mm. the pistol, so it, it loaded faster. Uh, I'm not sure where the other ones are. I didn't even see them as far as I know. I did not find any. Yeah. I know that you can get the impaler in the streets level if you do a puzzle and get mm. to a secret zone. Yeah, I figured the, the streets did seem like they had a lot of secret areas Yeah, uh, that I did not find. And most likely that is where at least one other upgrade is. Uh, but yeah, that's a... Uh, the weapons of chop goblins. I am a little surprised you didn't chop any goblins. That's true. I mean, unless you count stabbing goblins as chopping mm. up, that seems pretty categorically different. Yeah. That just would have been a cool moment to get to, like, chop a goblin's head off or something. What if at the end of the game, the way that you beat the 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 final boss, which was not a boss, it was just a hologram mm-hmm. of like a, a face? guillotine. Yeah, you had to chop the goblin. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. David, get a hold of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send this copy of the podcast just to him, right? So that he can f- c- make corrections before we put it out. Uh, hey, hey, Andy, mm-hmm. do we have goblin thoughts? My goblin good thoughts. Do you are... have any chop thoughts? My chop thoughts <laughs> are <laughs> my goblin good chop thoughts. <laughs> are uh this game is a cool game uh <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about next time um yeah like we talked about some of uh david Schermansky's games before and i think a lot of things apply even though this one is funny and uh <laughs> most of his other games are kind of spooky or creepy uh-huh uh yeah, it's like a short game uh, that has like a lot of creativity and interesting ideas in it. Um, and I kind of got into Final Thoughts territory there in the middle of the episode. But like, I wish that was more common. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I completely understand why it isn't. Uh, the yeah, like David Schmancy's games feel like every once in a while you'll see like an interesting student project or something, or like a really high end game jam game get shown off on a YouTube channel or something. And like his games feel like those, but like with more polish, mm-hmm. um, like they're just like really interesting bite sized little games um, that I know at least we find super interesting. Like it, this is the kind of game that we always wanted to find when we would boot up <laughs> steam at like 11 PM, you know, on a weekend when we were hanging out or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, it's funny. Um, but it also like takes its core game design like seriously and it's just like a good fun game as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess there's not too much more to say about it than that. Then I just like, I really appreciate it, um, for being a, a weird experimental little game. Yeah. Uh, I agree with most of that. I would say, I think, um, <laughs> I've been a fan of Dave Schmansky for a while. I know there's a lot of developers like him, like single people making uh, games that are on the smaller end. But I think that his uh, aesthetic sense 
aligns very well with mine. I think I, I'm just attracted to a lot of his games because he seems to find a lot of the same things cool that I do. Uh, and so I, I picked up Shop Goblins pretty early on, and I put it on our list almost as a joke when I had first played it, because it is so short. And uh, I, it kind of came down to it where we were just sort of like, let's find something short to do, and so it fit in. And I'm happy to talk about it. I do feel like one day we should talk about Dusk, because uh, it is a very good game, and I, I think it... Dusk explains better why Chop Goblins is <laughs> as good as it is, as it doesn't even necessarily deserve to be, <laughs> uh, just because the the groundwork was laid so well uh, in his previous game. So it's interesting, I guess, to to sort of think about the this kind of a short game is always very appealing to me. Something that is just like a quick. Uh, concept, something that has like a single or a couple ideas that it just sort of gets out the door so that you can experience it and, and talk about it and figure out like what it did right. Uh, and, and Chop Goblins is just, it's it's what it says on the tin, but it's also a little bit more than that. Uh, so yeah, I give it one surprisingly energizing tuna fish sandwich out of one. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're talking about Chopsora. I mean, we're talking about Kingdom Hearts 1. Uh, we're doing another epilogue episode, and this time I won't forget to uh, intro it differently than the rest of the episodes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we're talking about Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah, I made Chad replay it. <laughs> and I said, let's use this. <laughs> <laughs> let's not have me just play Kingdom Hearts 1 so that I have context. Mm-hmm. Let's also make it content. Right. Welcome it, to yeah. 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I, felt, I felt comfortable making you do it mm-hmm. because we're going to be talking about KH2. Right. And when we did KH1, like, six years ago or whatever... Uh, you only played like a third of it. Yeah, I played like three worlds. <laughs> and before that, you haven't played it since 2002. <laughs> right, I was a child the so last time I played it. It seemed necessary. Yeah, and it does seem necessary that we do an epilogue, so... Yes. Uh, so join us for that. Uh, until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. There you can find links to our email account, uh, the YouTube channel. You can listen to any of our old episodes, including the one that we did on the other games of David Schmansky uh, or on... Uh, Fatum Bachelor. Fatum Bachelor and Realms of the Haunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, all uh, great games in their own right, uh, and questionable games in their own right. Own right. Uh, (laughs) so, you know, chop that like button. Yep. And chop that subscribe Nothing else to be said. And chop it, chop, flap your, flap, slap chop jaws in your comment section. Help, get me away. Help, take the microphone away from me. Don't let me talk anymore. I'm just going to let you drown. Uh, It's a cool place. I'm going to check the sound. (laughs) They say it gets colder. Bundled up now. Wait till you get older.